0: Okay, bruchim avon. Welcome everyone. Shalom aleichem. If you came this evening, then your great grandmother must have prayed very well. That you should be zayecha to hear this information. We have really remarkable uh, material in honor of the close of Sefer Bereshis. This was a sheer many years in the work, and uh, the shirim on Sefer Bereshis were, again. Generously sponsored by Dr. Zakhaim, and Le'Nishmas V'shom Le'ezer ben Rav Ya'akov Zakhaim, and Le'Nishmas Dr. Zakhaim's mother, Rivka Bas Tuvi HaLevi, B'ganeiden, Tehemenu de De'Shivli M'litzay Yisham for their whole family, Ad el Tzedek. Tonight's year is sponsored by Kelly Newman, in dedication to the hostages. May Hashem free them, B'karoiv. May they be reunited with their families, and in honor of the families of the hostages, Hashem should be merachim Alehem. Okay, so we're now concluding Sefer Bereshis. So next week is Shemais. If you don't have yet Sefer Shemais, the Hebrew Sefer Magadar Kiyon Shemais, you could get it oh. right here. Or you could order it online. Uh, go to our site, rabbidg.com, and make sure you have it in time for Sefer Shemais. Also, if you didn't yet get Rabbi Meir, Balanes and the Eternal Children Hashem, you're going to need it for Sefer Shemais. Rub you know, you, for Sefer Shemais, there are a lot of chapters on this. You have a chapter on Parshas Berishas, on Parshas Boy, on Parshas Beshalach, two on Beshalach, one on Yisro. So, um, make sure you get that. Rabbi Isai, tonight's shear might be the most out there of any Shir we ever gave since we began. Here we go. Fasten your seatbelts, and I mean it. Yaakov Avinu, in his dying words, <coughs> is Mavarech, his children. And he turns to each one, Ish keberchasai beirach oysam. And we discussed earlier in the week what, he, well, what the intention of Yaakov Avinu was. He said words to Ruvain, to Shimon, to Levi, to Yehuda, to Yisachar, to all the Shvatim. But one of the most mysterious aspects of what we call Berchas Yaakov is what Yaakov Avinu says to Dun. The Pasuk says, "Dun Yadin Amay. Dun will judge his people. Ke'achad Like the most special, like the most designated of all the tribes. What does that mean? By the way, this Pasuk is very dear to me. I say this Pasuk at least three times a day. Anybody know why? Every time I take three steps back, I am. That was the name I was given. When uh, I was born, my parents had Divine Spirit, Rabbi Ezra, Shom Aleichem. Welcome. Okay, it's, you need to come for this one. Welcome back. Okay, when my, when I was born, my parents were given Ruach HaKodesh. How are you? Very good. And Rabbi Zriel. Welcome, Welcome, welcome. Um, and they named me Daniel. So every time I take three steps back, I say the Pasuk, Don Yadin Amoy Ka'achad Shivte Yisrael. This is the blessing given to Dun. Dun will judge his people, literally, like one of the tribes of Israel. Dun <speaking in Hebrew> should be like a snake on the road. <speaking in Hebrew> a serpent on the path. <speaking in Hebrew> Who bites the heel of the horse. <speaking in Hebrew> and he casts the rider backward. <speaking in Hebrew> For your salvation, I hope. So we have a number of questions over here. Number one, Rashi tells us, what does it mean, Dan yadin Amay? Dan ya Din Amay means, Dan that will judge his people. Dan will take the vengeance of his people. Dan will take revenge for his people. Against who? Against the Gazans. Against the Plishtim. Dan will take revenge against Plishtim. Ke'achad Shifte Yisrael, says Rashi. What does this refer to? Call Yisrael all of Israel will unite with him. The kulam he will take a revenge for all of them. al this prophecy was said about Shimshon Hagibar, who took revenge for the Jewish people against the Plishtim. So it's very interesting. Rashi's saying here, Yaakov is is on his deathbed and he's thinking, what could he judge the people? What could he judge this this shevet? And he doesn't... What could he bless the Shevet? He doesn't bless them. He refers to one individual. He doesn't say one word about Don. It's it's prophesied about one person. Who is it? Shimshon Agibar, And Yaakovino is saying, Shimshon will take revenge for all of Israel. And uh, uh, Shemshon, who represents Don, will be like a snake on the road, like a serpent on the path. And Vayapel... Without touching them, he will cast them down. Says Rashi, this is what happened with shimshain where he grabs the two poles, the two beams of the house. We all know in the story of shimshain that shimshain was captured by the Philistines and they're all there marrying. He's entertaining them because he's, he's, they blinded him. And he's standing there. They were going to kill him. And he is leaning on the two poles holding up the house and there are 3,000 Philistines on the roof and he dislodges the beams holding up the roof and 3,000 of them fall to his death to their death and Shimshon uh, uh, HaGibar says Thomas Nafshi Im um, HaPlishtem and then Yaakov Avinu says Lishu Aschal Kivisi for your salvation I hope Hashem what is Yaakov Avinu saying when he says for your salvation I hope says Rashi this is a prophecy that the Philistines will blind Shimshain HaGibar and he's destined to say, Zahreinina, Zahreinina, remember me please. V'chazkeinina, strengthen me please. Achapam, just this time. You don't know the song. It's it's after your time. But the song, the V'chazkeinina, Achapam. So there are a few questions on Rashi. The first question is, Yaakov Avinu is looking into the future of Shevet Dun, and the only thing he hones in on, nothing about the tribe as a whole, but instead Yaakov Avinu is honed in on Shimshon Hagibar, who's taking revenge for the Jewish people in Gaza. That's the only thing Yaakov Avinu sees. Here we have a wonderful Shevet, Ka'achad Shifte Israel. And the only thing Yaakov Avinu sees is what Shimshon Hagibar will perpetrate in, against the Philistines. So, question number one is, why is Yaakovina focused on this? Question number two is, what is he saying, Lishuascha Kivisi Hashem? He's saying Kriyash Alamita here? Yaakovina's about to go to sleep, I guess, for a long time. So, he has to say, what's he saying, Lishuascha Kivisi Hashem? Why doesn't he say, uh, you know, Vidoy? Why doesn't he say, uh, Bia Adoy Noilom? Where does Lishuascha Kivisi Hashem come in? Comes the Rashbam. And um, this share that I'm telling you. Is a Shvilei Pinchas classic. It's one of the most brilliant, ingenious, novel, original um, approaches of, I think, in all of the pieces of Hagoin Reb Pinchas Friedman And I am aware that Gedoyle Yisrael said that this approach was divinely inspired. Okay? I wanted to say it over. Uh, a number of times, but it's out there. This 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 approach is very special, very creative and original. It required tremendous preparation to put it together. It's not my; these are not my ideas. Maybe a one little humble addition, but it required tremendous avoida to get this down to prepare it. This is the last year on Baruchus. Hopefully, this will wrap up. Bereishis uh, Chelek too, but uh, so it was now or never. So I got back very late last night. I was away in the beginning of the week. I got back very late, and I literally, right before, just finished this. So, uh, but it, but it's something really out of this world. Comes the Rashbam. The Rashbam was the grandson of Rashi. We uh, uh, in a shir many years ago discussed how the Rashbam challenged Rashi. The Rashbam felt that Rashi's modus operandi. In explaining the Torah, is Va'ani loy elo lapshuta Rashi's approach to Chumash says, I've come to explain the simple meaning of the psukim, and the Rashbam challenged Rashi. He says, Rashi, you're not explaining oimek pshuta Shamikra, the depth of the simplicity of the pasuk. And we explained in Pashas Vayeshev how the Rashbam disagrees with Rashi about Machiras Yoisef and other episodes. And here's a prime example where the Rashbam says that Rashi. He doesn't, he doesn't refer to Rashi because he has derecheretz. He's a go- he criticizes those who explain the Pesach in the following way. He's obviously referring to Rashi, but in respect for his grandfather, he doesn't say Rashi by name. He says, anyone who says this Pesach is talking about Shimshon Agibar does not know the depth of Shuto Shalmikra. You think Yaakov Avinu is prophesying about one guy... Who ultimately falls into the hands of the Philistines and they pierce out his eye and he dies with the, with the Philistines in a very bad way. Chalila, Chalila, to explain the episode this way. Heaven forbid to say that when Yaakov Avinu is on his deathbed, he's thinking into the future and he's only thinking of Shimshon Hagibar. Heaven forbid, says Rashbam, it's going on Shevetan. Shevetan was Maasef L'Chal Hamachanois and Yehoshua. Even in the times of Yehoshua, they were gathered in the back of the camp. And since historically, Shevaton was always trailed behind the rest of Kalah Yisrael, and therefore they were vulnerable to those who wanted to attack from behind. So Yaakovinu is davening for them, Lishuas kivisi Hashem, Hashem should give them strength, and Hashem should give them salvation. But to say that, like Rashi, that it's referring specifically to Shimsha and Agibar. How could you say it's referring to Shimsha and Agibar? He's one guy who ultimately falls, and he seems to fail in his efforts. So the Rashbam says, in, in, for all intents and purposes, Rashi is incorrect. Not only that, he didn't know to be yoirad la'omeg The only thing is, the Medrash says that when the Medrash comments on the bracha that Yaakovinu gives to Dan. The Medrash says every word of Yaakov Avinu was not intended for Dan, it was intended for Shimshon Agibar. The Lashon of the Medrash in Bamid Baraba is Lafisha Birkas Yaakov L'dan Ella Al Shem Shemshon. The blessing of Yaakov to Dan was only to Shimshain. So this is what the Medrash is telling us. We have a great obligation to defend Rashi and the Medrash concurs with Rashi. But we need to explore a little bit Exactly. Who exactly was Shimshon Hagibar? Possibly one of the most mysterious personalities in the entire Tanakh. The Medrash tells us that in Bereshis Rabba that, that when Yaakov saw Shimshon Hagibar, look at the words, Lafi <laughs> <laughs> Yaakov avinu thought Shimshon Hagibar was the Messiah. He was Mashiach. The saver boy Shemal Why? But then he saw he died. Nah, sorry, can't be Moshiach. The saver boy Shumelach Hamoshiach. Kivon Shara Yisah Shames. Amar Afzames. He said, even this one dies. Lishuascha Kivisya Hashem. God, I hope to your salvation. The matter continues in the end. When Yaakov saw him, he thought. The Geula would come in his lifetime. When he died, he he then prayed, Ay Hashem, li shuascha Hashem." So, how do we understand this? Yaakov Avinu thought Shimshon Hagibra was Melech Hamashiach. There's no one who saw prophetically clearer. Then Yaakov, Yaakov Avinu saw in front of him. He thought he saw thousands of years ahead, like it was in front of his n- nose, and he thought Shimshon Agibar was Melach Hamashiach. What about Shimshon Agibar made Yaakov think that he was Melach Hamashiach? By the way, furthermore, the Medrash says on the pasuk, "Dun Yadin Amoy Ka'achad shifte Yisrael." Dun will judge his nation like the special one of Israel. You know who the special one is? Like God. The Medrish says Shimshon was like the rebbeiner shalayim. The Ese says Shimshon ben Manoach ki echido shalolam, ma echido shalolam maynatzach siuah. Just like the rebbeiner shalom doesn't need help, Shimshon doesn't need help. Do we say like? Do we say about anyone in the whole Torah? He's ki echido No. No. So Yaakov thought he was ma'acham and. The medrash is reading the pasuk "Don Yadin Amay Ka'achad Shiftei Israel" that Yaakov Avinu is saying he's like the Rebbeinu that the Rebbeinu doesn't need help, so Shimshon doesn't need help. He doesn't need help doing what? Another statement of Chazal: "Gmar and Soita Dapir Am Rabbi Oichanan Shimshon done as <laughs> Yisrael Ka'Avihem shabashamayim. Shemayim." Shimshon judged Israel like God. Why? Says Don Amay Yisrael. Yochanan says further. Anyone here names Shimshon? Just checking. You could say I won't. Nothing will happen. I won't tell your wife. She doesn't have to know. Okay, just checking. Says the Gemara Rabbi Yochanan Shimshon Al Shmoi Shalakadash Baruch Hu was called by the name of God. God is like the sun. So Shimshon was like the sun. Listen to Akasha, the Gemara. Ask the Gemara, really? Shimshon had the name of God? Then you shouldn't be allowed to erase Shimshon's name. lo You shouldn't be allowed to erase Shimshon's name. Says the Gemara, It's similar to God's name. Just like God protects the world, Shimshon protects his generation. So the first question here, and here's something we're adding to the presentation. What was the Gemara's Havamina that Shimshon has the name of God and that they, that you shouldn't be allowed to erase it? Why why shouldn't you be allowed to erase the name of, of Shimshon? How is it the name of God? What is it about the name Shimshon that is similar to the name of Hashem? So, you may be familiar, Rav Shamshen of Ashtapol, and we'll come back to him in the end of this year, wrote a treatise to be said on Erev Pesach about the divine names that were utilized to bring the Makos. Okay. There's a commentary on uh, this maimer of Rav Shamshen of Ashtapoli from uh, Rav who wrote a perush. It's called Shemesh Umagein. And there he says something out of this world. He says, "The ultimate name of Hashem. What's Hashem's name? Yud kevavke. If you concentrate it, like Yud kevavke to the greatest power, like Yud kevavke times Yud kevavke. What's Yud kevavke times Yud kevavke? What's twenty-six times 26 I'll tell you, otherwise it looks like we're gonna be here a very long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's twenty-six times twenty-six? Six seventy-six. It's the gematria of Shimshine. Shimshine is twenty-six times twenty-six. Aye, but Shimshan is not six seventy-six. It's six ninety-six. Shimshan is six ninety-six, and twenty-six times twenty-six is six seventy-six. Yeah, but let's let's imagine this for a moment. You have Yud K k on top of Yud K Vavke. So Yudke Vavke times Yud K Vavke. But spell out Yud K Vavke fully. Yud is yud vav Dalid. He is He aleph, Vav is Vav Yud Vav, and then He is He Aleph ten letters. So it's ten letters on top of ten letters. So 676 plus the twenty letters of the two Yudke Vavke, 696. Shimshon is the full name of Ashem. 26 times 26 plus the 20 letters of the two Yudkei Vavkeis so Shimshon has to an extent uh, a commonality with the Yudkei Vavke. so on the one hand Rabbi Yisai Shimshon was a very special individual Yaakov thought he was Mashiach the Gemara says he is like HaKadosh Baruch Hu he has the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu he judges Kali like HaKadosh Baruch Hu. just like God doesn't need help he doesn't need help and by the way, we know, and I'm going to tell you a little bit of the story. But before that, we sort of have to come to a, 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 a dichotomy and a dilemma over here. Because the Rabin of says that shimshain ultimately is going to, going to be in a very compromised situation. And he's going to cry out, And therefore Yaakov Avinu davens for him. And he says, So on the one hand, Shimshon is one of the greatest people who ever lived. And on the other hand, the Gemara says in Soita, commenting on the Mishnah, where the Mishnah criticizes Shimshon very severely. The Mishnah says, Shimshon followed his eyes. Therefore, the, the Philistines pierced his eyes. Like it says, pushed plishtim says, Gamarin and Saita, Shimshon rebelled with his eyes because Shimshon saw a woman. And she says to the says to his parents, I want that lady. And they say, there are not enough girls from Beisaka that you need to marry a shiksa. It's a good question. You know how many, I mean some Beisaka have eight tracks. You have to go marry a shiksa. And he says, no, but I want that one. And they say, why? yashra be'enaih. She's correct in my eyes. And he married her. He married a woman from the Philistines. And it didn't work out. We're going to see in a moment. And the Gemara says, because he followed his eyes, therefore the Philistines poked out his eyes. Aye. The Pasuk says, his father and his mother didn't know that Hashem arranged it. So what's wrong with what he did? God orchestrated that he should marry. God was the Shadchan. If God calls and says, I have a good Shidduch, you go with it. Says the Gemara, but Shimshon didn't know that. He did it because he wanted her. Okay. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Yoimer, Shimshon's first misstep was in Gaza. He lived with the Zayna in Gaza. You can't, you can't make this up. Could you make up? Here we are. We're in the middle of a war, and the parsha, the subject matter of the parsha, is Shimshon HaGibra, what happened in Gaza. Shimshon took a zoina in Gaza. Therefore, he was killed in Gaza. The Gemara asks, what do you mean, Shimshon took a misstep in Gaza? But, what do you mean? Um, but it says he went to Timnasa. No, his misstep started in Gaza. So wait a second. On the one hand, you're saying, Yaakov Avino Thori Mel Yaakovino thought the Gula would come in his days. Chazal say that Shimsha and Hagibar judged the Jewish people like HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself. Chazal say that Shimsha and Hagibar didn't need help like HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't need help. And on the other hand, he succumbed to something that even regular people never do. Well he, he went after his eyes, he took a Zoina, he lived with a woman who was from the Philistines. So we know the Rambam. Everybody knows the Rambam. The Rambam in Hilchah Sisrui, the Rambam says, don't make the mistake that Shimshon, who saved Klai just married a non-Jewish woman. He converted her. He converted her. Does that make things better for you? When you hear about a guy who, without getting into too many details, you know, who's up there politically, that he married Bas HaMelech, yeah? I mean, it's... Does it really answer the question that he converted her? Does that make things better? His parents said, why don't you take a Jewish woman? No, I want that one. Oh, don't worry, he converted her. This is the Mashiach Shal Yisrael. This is the one that that Yaakov Avinu thought was the Melech HaMashiach. So how exactly do we understand this? What do chazal mean? Halach acharinav. So the Shvilei Pinchas says the first destination you need to go to, we're, gonna, we're going to learn now a maramakaim that we never presented this maramakaim. Uh, maybe one time in all the years we said over a chiddush from the Rajin, Rabbi Yisrael of Rajin, who was going uh, Oilam, and he says in order to understand the episode of of Shimshon, we need to know two pieces of information. You need to have two hakdamas. You know what a hakdam is? You need to be introduced to the following two ideas. Number one, how? So the, again, the question is, Shimshon is Nazira like him? He is a, uh, a a Nazir from birth, and he's the one who's halachachar enav. So you need to know two things. Number one, Adamarishan. You ever hear of Adamarishan? Yeah, you know Adamarishan. Adam ate from the Eitz Hadass. When he ate from. Now, how many souls were on Adam Marishain? Our says in many places, all the future souls were in Adam When he sinned with the Eitz Hadass, many souls were taken captive. Many of the souls were taken captive. And throughout Jewish history, it is the job of the Jewish people and tzaddikim to rescue these long lost souls. How do you rescue souls? I thought you might ask that question. Well, you could start by coming to the Wednesday night shiur. When you come to when you come to learn Torah, you rescue souls. You don't even have to go out; they come to you like a magnet. They come to you. But sometimes tzaddikim, tzaddikim are able in their encounters with rishonim, they're in, they're able to rescue long lost souls. Now, some souls fall into levels of tumah. Now, did you know that everything in this world has sparks of kedusha in it? the table has a spark of Kedusha in it. If it didn't, it would not exist. Every entity in the world has a soul, not a soul like man, but a living, but a spark of Kedusha from which it nourishes. Every Russia in the world has to have a spark of Kedusha, otherwise he couldn't exist. Even levels of Tumah have to have sparks of Kedusha, otherwise a level of Tumah couldn't exist. So the first level of toma has sparks of Kedusha. The seven le- second level of Tummah has sparks of Kedusha. There are very, very deep levels of tuma that also have sparks of kadusha. That you need like specialists to extract. Like on the 40th level of tuma, you need a specialist to go down in there. Like sometimes, if the, you know, when the pipes are clogged, so if it's just the sink, so you could do sometimes to do it yourself, you could unclog it. Sometimes, if it's deep down, you gotta get roto rooter to get deep down some, some clogs, you gotta get professionals. Want sparks of Kedusha on, on the deep levels of Tummah, you need specialists to unclog. By the way, I want to share with you. The Rachai Makadr says that why did we have to stay in Mitzrayim until we fell to the 49th level of Tummah and then go out? Why couldn't we stay in the fifth why couldn't we go down to the fiftieth level of Tummah? We're going to come back to that soon. But the Rahimakudh says, well, we had to go down to the 49th level of Tumah, you know why? Because we needed to scrape the bottom of the barrel we needed to get every last droplet of Kadusha Adam of so we had to wait until we fell into the 49th level of Tumah so we could scrape out the Kedushah in the 49th level of Tumah otherwise if we would have fallen to the 48th and then left we would have had to come back to get the of the 49th so why didn't Hashem let us go to the 50th and get out the kedusha from the 50th so until now we would say well um, it's the point of no return you, because once you fall to the 50th, you can never get out. It's not true. Why could you never get out? The only reason you can never get out is the only way to get Kadusha out of Tumah is if you're on the 49th level of Kadusha, you could take out Tumah on the 49th level of Tumah. So if you're on the first level of Kedushah, you're able to go down one and scrape out from the first level of tuma, if you're on the tenth level of kedusha, you could go deeper down. If you're on the forty ninth level of kedusha, you could go down to the forty ninth level of tuma and scrape out. That's why Moshe Rabbeinu, who's on the forty ninth level of kedusha, he could take us out of Mitzrayim, let us fall to the forty ninth level of tuma, scrape out the kedusha from the forty ninth level of tuma. But if we would have fallen to the fiftieth level of tuma, even Moshe couldn't have helped us. Because Moshe Abenu, who didn't have access to the 50th level of Kedusha, cannot go down and scrape out the Kedusha, the 50th level of we'll Toma. The, no, there never it promises. Says, says, so the second, the, end, end, the second thing you need to know is that the second thing you need to know is that Sadiqim, they could look at you and remove the sparks of Kedusha you have. And then you don't exist anymore. People think, yeah, I want to go to the tzaddik. It's good for the tzaddik to see me. No, not necessarily. If a tzaddik looks at somebody, they could extract the kadusha from them, and then the person doesn't exist anymore. That's why we find throughout Shas that a tzaddik will look at uh, somebody and they become a pile of bones. It's a very common phenomenon in the Gemara that tzaddik will look at somebody and then they become gal shalat samayis. How does that work? You have a tzaddik who's on the 49th level of Kadusha He looks at someone who's on the 49th level of Tummah. He sees there's one little spark. He could suck it out and the person ceases to exist. Now, says the Rizh let me explain to you how it works. There's something called ayin, an eye. When you see something, when you look at something... You start to like it. And you start to want it. And when tzaddikim look at somebody, and they look at a Russia, they're going to see the spark of Kedusha they have, and then they're going to want it. How do you say desire in Hebrew? <laughs> Kesef. lichsoif. After ayin. What are the letters after ayin? Kesef. Ayin. Yud. Nun. After ayin. Right? You spell Ayin. Ayin, Yud, Nun. So after those letters, after Ayin is a Pei. After Yud is a Chaf. After Nun is a Samach. The letters of Kesaf. The Tzadik looks after the Ayin. After he looks, he wants, he sucks it out, and he removes the sparks of Kedusha. Says the original, you know what it means that Shemshayin went after his eye. Says the originaler the Pasuk says in Shoyftim, he loved the Isha in Nachal Shoyrek. Her name, what was her name? Delilah. Delilah. Now, I'll tell you something, just between me and you. One day in Eretz I went with my friend, Reb Zev Tyberg. We went to the kever of Dun, and we went to the kever of Shimshan Agibar. We took a very unusual route to Shimshon Agibar through a quarry, we came to the top of the mountain. It was a very unusual feeling up there. And when we got there, there was a man, he was probably Elio Navi. I'm assuming, guy with a long white beard, with a shofar like this, and he's just blowing the shofar. I didn't ask him his name, I'm, I'm just assuming it was Eliyahu Navi. And then there was a lady doing Kabbalistic hakafah, seriously around, and I just assumed it was And I, I was afraid to ask her name. But that, I'm telling you, I, there were other people there, you could ask them. That's, what? by done, there were chickens, right? But okay, I'm just telling you what happened. Anyway, it's right in uh, Beit Shemesh, so it's where Shevat Don is. Shevat Don's chelak is. Uh, Shemesh, yeah, exactly. Ah, oh, when the pasuk says isha benachal u'shma says the Rishoner. Another piece of information. There's some sparks of Kedusha that fall so deep no tzaddik could get them out other than God. Rebunsham's the only one who could rescue them. Some fall so deep that no tzaddik could get them. You know what it's called? When no tzaddik could get the sparks and only the Rebunsham could get the sparks? It's called (laughs) Doidi Yarad leganoy La'arugas haboysem. The Passoc and my beloved goes down to the garden, to the rose of the herbs, of the fragrant plants. You listen carefully to the Doi Doidi yarad leganoi la arugas haboysem. Roshetevos, delila. Doidi yarad leganoi la arugas haboysem. Delila. You know what I mean? Shimshon went after his eyes. Shimshon said, I could rescue the sparks of Kedusha no one was able to extract ever. I could go down to the abyss and take out Kedusha. Where's the abyss? Gaza. There's no Tumah like in Gaza. Not even in Egypt. Gaza has more Tumah than Egypt. It is the epitome of Tumah. Shimshon said, Doidi. Shimshon went after his eyes. You see, there's a border. Sadiqim could only go to Memtes and pull out. Sadiqim can't go to the abyss and pull out. When, says the original, you know what it means? That Shimshon went after his eyes. He went beyond the ayin. Beyond what the, the eye is allowed to extract as a tzadik. Even Sadiqim have limitations. Sadiqim could look and take out. Shimshon went after that. He went beyond what the ayin is allowed to extract. So God made him fall to Delilah. God was telling him, I'm the only one who could do this. You weren't allowed to do this. So now, now we're starting to understand why Yaakov Avinu thought that Shimshon was somebody that nobody in history else was. That he was Mashiach. Because Shimshon took it upon himself. He felt the inspiration that he could go into the abyss and yank out the sparks of Kedusha that are above and beyond what the eye is allowed to see. Ush, he took a woman, Ushema Delila, says original, Ushema, that was a Makoim, that was Yidoidi, Yarad, Leganoi, La Rugas, Haboisem. So says the Shvilei Pinchas, what is this area? What is this place? That Sadiqim can't go and yank out the sparks of Kedusha, but only God could go? What do we call this place? Isn't that an interesting question? What, where is this special realm that only God says, <laughs> but Sadiqim can't go there? There's only one Makim that Sadiqim cannot reach in their lifetime. Now, you'll say, the answer has to be very clear because Tzadikim are able to go down to the Sharmam Test and yank out Kedusha. We saw in Mitzrayim. It must be, you know where Tzadikim cannot go to yank out Kedusha? They can't go down into the Sharnon. Why not? Because they can't reach the Sharnon of Kedusha so they can't go down into the Sharnon of Tumah and yank out the Kedusha. That's the mukoim that doidi yorad La Rugas haboysem the Sharnon Says the Shri Lai Pinchas. That's why they're called Peleshes Pelish, Yam. They extend all the way down Yam to the 50th level of Tumah. That's why they're called Pelishtim. Because they're They extend. They sink. They plummet all the way Yam to the 50th level of Tumah. And Shimson tried to go there. He wanted to go there. He went (laughs) achar enav. He thought he could go beyond just what a regular tzaddik could see and yank out. Where is the makoim in this world that tzaddikim cannot go and accomplish anything? The land of the Philistines. In Gaza, there are sparks of kedusha only God could take out. That's what we see. That's what the Rishon are saying. In the land of the Philistines, there sparks of Kedusha. Now, by the way, says the Shvilei Pinchas. That's why. The Jewish people come out of Mitzrayim. God doesn't want us to go to the Philistines. Why not? He just took us out of Mitzrayim. Why can't He guide us through the land of the Philistines? The answer is, He took us out of Mitzrayim because Moshe could yank us out of 49. We can't go to the Pleshesi Yam. We can't sink into the 50th. Yeah, well, we're, we're developing this further. Yeah, now, what exactly is this fiftieth level of tuma? Many of the sivri Chasidus bring, for example, uh, in the sefer Ataros Menachem, uh, they bring from Reb Nachman of Rimanov. Rav Moshe Misambar brings from Nachman of Rimanov. Also, the sefer Kilos Yaakov brings from Nachman of Rimanov. That. The klipa of the Plishtim is the klipa of Leitzanos. Leitzanos is the most poisonous of all the forces of Tomah. You know why? Because it could destroy any Kedusha. You could show it Kriyas Yamsuf. You could show it God Himself. Don't <laughs> make a joke out of it. They could mock anything. With mockery, you could uproot any Kedusha. Okay, Marv <laughs> Rav fasten your seatbelts. So we're getting, I think, at least a flavor, if not more, of a what does it mean? Shimshan halach achar enav, He went beyond what the normal tzaddik's eye can can use a method of extracting kedusha. He went beyond that, and why Yaakov Avinu thought Shimshan Agibar was the HaMashiach. Because ultimately, the job of Mashiach is Mashiach could go into the Sharnon and yank it out. The Rachaimach other says, we will fall to the 50th level, but through the Torah we could extract Kedusha even from the 50th level. And Shvile Pinchas many, Makoimoys writes, Mashiach is Roshetevos, Mashiach Yagala, Sharnon. Shar Chamishim. Mashiach is Roshetevos, Mashiach Yagala, Shar Chamishim. Now, Back to the Gemara. The Gemara says, Shimshon had the same name as God. Why? Because God is compared to the sun, So Shimshon is like a Shemesh. So the Shvila Pinchas says, so call him Shemesh. Where does the Vav, extra Vavnun come from? Why is he called Shimshon? He should be called Shemesh. Ready for this? It's Oyem V'noira. Mamish out of this world. Rabbeinu B'chai asks in Parshas Pinchas, does anybody remember, there was a halachic, dilemma that Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know. He didn't know what to do with the uh, Benoist slafchad. So Rabbeinu B'chaia asked, how can he not know what to do with Benoist Tzlafchad? If Moshe doesn't know, then who knows? What does it mean? It was beyond the comprehension of Moshe Rabbeinu. Do you remember the word the Pasuk uses? Ba'yaveh, Mishpa, Tan. Long not. Says Rabbeinu B'chaia. You know why Moshe Rabbeinu didn't know what to do with the Benoist Tzlafchad? The law of what to do came from a shar that Moshe didn't know. It came from the sharnun. The final nun represents the sharnun. That Rizal explains interestingly in Parshish Truma. You know why the long nun represents the sharnun? Because what does the shahr nun do? It goes all the way deep down and it could scrape the bottom of the barrel. So the final nun represents the 50th gate of wisdom because it goes all the way deep down. It's not afraid to go into the 50th level of Tumah. Says the Pinchas, that's why it's called perhaps Shimshain, son, and the Vav hachibor, the Vav attaches him to the final nun of the Sharnam. That's where the name comes from, Shimshain. Now, it looks like many of you are very proficient in your knowledge of Nevi'im. Does anybody know the God of the Philistines? What was the name of their Avaydazara? Dagon. Very good, Rabbi Shmuel. Dagon. Give this man a cigar. <laughs> Look at number 21. Eitzel Dagon. Rashi says, Why is it called Dagon? It was the image of, of, the, of the fish. fish. So asked the Shvila Pincha, so it should be called Dug. Why Dagon? No, the <laughs> same thing. It's the god of the Philistines. So it's the koyach of the 50th level of Tumah. So it's Dug and the Vav to the final Nun. It was attached to the 50th level of Tumah. Now, says the Shvilei Pinchas, with this, we could explain, by the way, did you know that there was only one nation that had the audacity to steal our prized possession? The Arain. We don't find not Amoin, not Moyav, not Edoim, Not Bavel. Nobody ever stole the Aroin. Nobody ever had a shot at getting the Aroin. Except for the Philistines. Why'd they get the Aroin? Aroin is the Zara Kodesh. writes, Ramnatai Rapshis writes, Aroin is is Oir Nun, the light of the fiftieth gate of wisdom. So the Pleshtim, Pleshas Yam, their ambition is to counteract the fifty level Kedusha. So they're capturing the Aroin. Now, Dalilia, Dalila, Doidi, Yarad, Leganoi, La Arugas Havoise. There's a remez to Delilah by Yosef. <laughs> the Megala Mukos writes, If you look at number 26, Vayakumu Kobana v'chobanois of Lanachamoi, Vayinotmoi in Vayomer, Ki, Araid, El. Beni Avel Shoila, says Megal Mukhois, El, Beni Avel Shoila, Soy Tevois, Delilah. Huh? What's Delilah doing there about Yaakov Avinu being Vayemoin? Says <coughs> the Pinchas. Because we have to understand that what Shimshoin Hagibar did with this woman, Delilah, was as noble and righteous as an Esoyoyin that Yosef Hatzadik passed. And just like Yosef HaTzadik paved the way and saved Klal Yisrael, Shimshon HaGibar got really close. What does Shimshon HaGibar pray for? Zahreini Na! Chazkeini Na! Megal HaMukar says when Moshe davins in Zin Vashchanan Ebrana He was asking for Na is Nesiv Echad Nesiv Eisan which is a reference to the Nun. Shimshon Agibar was being mispalel to be zoichet to the Nun. One more, one more amazing grammar, and we're gonna we're gonna uh, explain. The Medver says, if you count up the number of letters, Yaakov Avinu says to Dun, Dun Yisrael yihid, dan, Nachash ale, derach, shvivan, ale, oirach, han, ha- 70 letters. The Medrash says, Shivim Shekel B'Shekel Akkadesh is a remnant to the 70 letters that God is Mavarech Shebetan. Says the Shvile Pinchas, What are 70 letters doing there? So he brings an amazing teaching of the Arve Nachal of David Ibshitz in the name of the Shlach Akkadesh. You ever notice? Sometimes the Gemara says there are 49 ways to darshan something. Tahar, tame. You know, we talk about memtes, sha'arim, 49 ways of darshaning. And sometimes we talk about shivim panam latayra. You ever hear that expression? Shivim panam latayra. You ever hear the expression memtes panam? Which one is it? Is it 49 or is it 70? You know what the answer is? It's neither. It's 50. It's 49 and the 50th is ekya 21. You hear? It's not 49 and it's not 70. There're 50 gates. Khamishim sharay bina nivrubailam. 49 is what we have access to. But the 50th is 21, it's the shame ekya 21. So the number 70 represents the sharnon and therefore, in the bracha to, to done, which Rashi learns was said to Shimshon Agibar, you have seventy letters because Shimshon was davening, was asking for Zachreini Na, Cheskeni He wanted access to the Sharna. So here's the story of Shimshon Agibar. His parents, Manayach, and his wife, the Malach says, you're going to have a child. He's going to be a Nazir Meirachem. And he was born. And the Spirit of God is ringing in him. And he tells his parents, I don't want to marry a girl from the Beis Yaakov. I'm to, I want that one. They said, but she's not from a Jewish family. No. Yashra be'enai. His kavana was, he wanted to enter realms of Tummah that nobody entered. We're the deepest, darkest levels in the Gaza. And he's going to extract the Kedushah. Until... He married one woman and then the father-in-law gave her away to someone else. He lived with a Zayna, Chazal say, in Gaza. Not the Pasuk says, in the beginning of Parchta Zayin. And then he married Delilah. And the Philistines, now why did he marry Delilah? That was, wh- that was his way of trying to enter the world of the Philistines, get in, extract the Kedusha that lay in the deepest, darkest levels of Tama. Now, the Philistines say to Delilah, we'll pay you big time if you could get the secret from Shimshine of where, what's the source of his strength. And she would ask him, hey, you hate me. Why don't you tell me why you're so strong? He said, I'll tell you I'm so strong because they don't tie me with twines that are moist. If they would tie me with tines, twines that are moist, then I would never be able to break out. So they try it and he breaks out. He sa- she says, you're mocking me, you're mocking me. That's not why you're so strong. She said, well, if you use new ropes, then I'll never be able to get out. And they tie him with new ropes and he breaks out. And she says, You're mocking me, you're mocking me, and she made him miserable until finally he says that the reason I'm so strong is you gotta take off the locks of my tie the locks of my hair. And they tie the locks of his hair, and he still breaks out. Until finally he reveals to her the source of his strength is that he's a nazar meirechem. And if they shave off the seven locks of his hair, he will be like an ordinary man. And he, she put him to sleep, and they came and they shaved off his hair, and when they came to uh, attack him, he was powerless, and they blinded his two eyes. And we think it's a punishment to him that he went after his eyes but this is all part of the Hashgach of Hashem, because Shimshon HaGibar then gets up and he says, na, help me reach the Shachamishim. Chazkeinina, if I could reach the Shachamishim, I know what they're going to do. They carry Shimshon off, and now he's standing opposite their Avodah zara Dagoin. He's mamish opposite the epitome of the 50th level of Tomah. And Yaakov Avinu sees this that Shimshon Hagibar has a connection to the Shar Nun of Kedusha and he'll be able perhaps to extract it. And he says, If only I could avenge one of my eyes. Rashi says, The other eye he wanted to be rewarded for in Aylam Abba. So Yaakov Avinu sees this and he says, You know what? He thought Shimshon Hagibar would be the Melech HaMashiach who could be Mashiach Yegala Shar Chamishim. But ultimately, he couldn't fully do it. But he did it a little bit. Because then he asked the child next to him, would you mind if I uh, just leaned on two of the poles of the building? And he leaned on the two of the poles of the building and there were three 3,000 Philistines on the top. And when he shook the building, they came crashing down, more Philistines on that day, than all the, the Philistines that he killed in his whole career. So, and Agibar merited maybe a little, little bit to be mischaber with the Vav to the Sharnun to the extent that Yaakov Avinu thought he was the Melech HaMashiach and he said, this man doesn't need help like God. Other Tzadikim couldn't do that. No other tzaddik could reach so deep down and rescue these souls. He's Ka'achad Shifte Yisrael. So Yaakov thought he was the Melech HaMashiach we have six people who didn't daven? Six people who didn't daven? No, I'm the only one. Two people? Everyone else Davin? Okay. Shimshon Hagibar was able to do what no other tzaddik did. But ultimately <coughs> God gave him Dalila and the message was doidi <speaking in Hebrew> This is something... This is a depth. This is a mak'oim. I'm the only one who could be victorious there. You know, if you ever wonder, why is this place Gaza? It's been so hard to conquer. All the years, back and forth, bad. It's such a thorn in our side. What is it that we can't, we can't finish the job? It's the one mak'oim. It's doidi, yarad, leganoi, la rugas, haboisem. The is the only one who could do it. Even Shimshon HaGibor couldn't do it. Was Yaakov totally mistaken? Yaakov thought he was the Melech HaMashiach. Was he totally mistaken? So now put on a double seatbelt. You had a regular buckle, now shoulder strap. The Arizal is reported in the Shara HaKavanis. In the Shara HaKavanis of the Ari, he brings that when you say the words You need to be Mechavein to a pshat, the Arizal said that Shmaya and Avtalyon told me, Shmaya and Avtalyon, Shmaya and were in the times of the Tanoim. No, when the Arizal went to the kever of Shmaya and Avtalyon, Shmaya and told the Ari that when you say the words v'chisei daven mehiral you should be mechaven to daven that Mashiach ben Yosef should not be killed by Armilos Harasha. In the Priets Chaim, it's reported that the Ari warned very greatly that Shmayan and Avtalion told him many times that when you say v'chi say david avdacha david that Mashiach ben Yosef should live and not die says Reb Chaim Vital we didn't know why the Arizal told us this so often but in the end we understood why because the Arizal died what does Reb Chaim Vital mean? Says the means that we didn't know why the Arizal was so adamant that we Davin, that Mashiach ben Yosef didn't die, until we saw that the Arizal won us Davin, ben Yosef shouldn't die because he was Mashiach ben Yosef. And the fact that he died young was the death of Mashiach ben Yosef. Rabnos Shapiro explains that every generation. Mashiach ben Yosef could come again and the tzaddikim could protect that he shouldn't die. But if no one could protect him and he dies, that's sort of the fate of Mashiach ben Yosef in that generation. And that protects that Armilo should not kill ultimately Mashiach ben Yosef. Where are we going with this? In 1648 there was a man by the name of Reb Shem He died a very young man. In the of Tachvatat. Does anybody know some of the names of the Svarim he wrote? He wrote a Sefer Dun Yadin, a commentary on the Sefer Karnayim. He wrote a Sefer Nazir Eloikim. He wrote a Sefer Shemesh Umagain. He wrote a Sefer Shemesh Noiga. All of his Svarim were named after Shimshan Agibar. Why? Because my name, he says, is connected to Shimshan Hagibar, who comes from Dun. Shabami Dun. Shimshan, Rabshamshan Ashtapoli, was connected to Shimshan Hagibar. He was like a spark of Shimshan Hagibar. That was his name, and that was the name of all of his svarim. One thing we know about Shemshin of Ashtipoli, the Choyza of Lublin says something out of this world. Says the Choyza of Lublin, even though the Arizal said that we have to daven, that Meshach ben Yosef shouldn't die young and shouldn't be killed by Armilos, he will not be killed by Armilos and Meshach ben Yosef will not die. The Choyza of Lublin said, listen, that even though the Arizal said Meshech ben Yosef could die, he won't die! Why? Because he already died. When? Rav Shamsha When Rav Shamsha Ashtapoli died, he made it, then Mashiach Ben Yosef won't have to die. That's what the Chazel Blin writes. So how many, that, how many There were in every generation. But once Rav Shamsha Ashtapoli died young, the fate of Mashiach Ben Yosef will not be that he will have to die young. Once R- R- Rav Shmuel was killed, Meshach Ben Yisuf does not have to die young. By the way, Rav Tzadok Koyin writes that that the Chayza of Lublin wrote this to make it that by saying it, it should be. So let's put two and two together. Rav Sham Shemayashapoli. The Chazelblind says was Mashiach Ben Yosef. He was the spark of Shimshon Hagibar. If he was the spark of Shimshon Hagibar, then what we're learning is, who was Shimshon Hagibar? He was the first Mashiach Ben Yosef. So when Yaakov Avinu saw, and Chazal say that Yaakov Avinu thought he was Mashiach, he wasn't completely mistaken. He in fact was Mashiach ben Yosef. Even though, by the way, he was from Shevet Don, because Don was from Billa. And Billa is like considered Mibinois Rachel. So this should give us a little bit of a taste for the bracha that Yaakov Avinu gives to Don. Because ultimately, when Yaakov Avinu gives a bracha to Don, Rashi says it's not going on Shevet Don generally. It's going specifically on Mashiach ben uh, it's going on, excuse me, Shemshan HaGibar. Even though the Rashbam says, how could it be going on Shemshan HaGibar? Khalilah the Khalilah That it's going on somebody who the Philistines pierced his eyes and he died in a terrible way. The answer is, even though he died in a terrible way, nevertheless, what he accomplished was a feat that is above and beyond. He went after his eyes. Simply, it's a criticism of Shemshan HaGibar. And it is. But the deeper meaning of after his eyes is he went beyond the realm of what ordinary tzaddikim are allowed to do or are able to do. And to some extent, he did it a bit. He was Shemesh and was mischaber with the Vav, the sharnun. Therefore, in his Bracha, there's 70 words. 70 is 49 and 21, 50, right? 70 in mathematics equals 50. You know that? How? 70 is 49 plus 1. Because that 1 is Ekiah. Is twenty one. This was the the unique personality and greatness of Shimshon Agibar. Chazal say Yaakov saw him. The sovereign Shumelech Hamashiach. Yaakov thought the Geula would come in his lifetime. Chazal say he's is Shalolam. Just like the Yibam doesn't need help. Shimshon, in a way, he went above and beyond. He didn't need help, but he did. He needed help. He went somewhere beyond where he could go. And ultimately, that's why Yaakov avinu Davins. You ready? Yaakov foresaw what Shemshanah would do. He thought he would be Mashiach. He gave him a brach of 70 words that he should reach the Sharnon. But when he saw, says Rashi, that they would pierce his eye and he would daven na, Yaakov realized that the ultimate Yeshua could only be accomplished by Dalila, Doidi, Yorad, Leganoi, Rugas, Haboisem. And therefore Yaakov davened the Yeshua, the Revan Shem, is the only one who could accomplish it. Even Shimshon Hagibar couldn't go that deep down. So we should be Zoycha to the Tepil of Yaakov Avinu. The kivisi Hashem. and with this we conclude Sefer Bereshis, Chazak, Chazak, Venis Chazayk. Shkayach yeah. everyone. Shkoyach, everyone.